Livingston Manor, dining, shopping, and the arts at the gateway to the Catskill Park. LivingstonManorNY.com And from listeners like you. My name is Tony Cavan, and I'm the managing editor for Standards and Practices at NPR. In some ways, it's the ethical guide for the newsroom. Do we know something well enough to report it? Are we invading someone's privacy by reporting it? There's a whole series of issues that we have to deal with as a journalistic organization. Much of my job is balancing the conflict between making ourselves as transparent and as open as possible, and at the same time, protecting those people who have trusted us to tell their stories. I do contribute to my public radio station because I believe they cover our community in a way that nobody else does and far better than anyone else does. There is so much falsehood out there right now masquerading as journalism. The role of people who try to tell the truth is more important than it's ever been. And so is the role of the people who support that work. Donate to this station today. Go to WJFFRadio.org to make your donation now. It's WJFFRadio.org. Click Donate Now at WJFFRadio.org to give what you can in support of both All Things Considered as well as the local news that we have coming up with the local edition. You can also call us while the program is on. I'm here. Barb's here. We can answer the phone. 845-482-4141. We're looking for calls of financial support. You let us know that you're willing to give to this public radio station to keep public radio right here in the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania, to keep your friends, neighbors, and complete strangers connected with this station with programs like the local edition. Call 845 845- 482-4141 to give what you can or go to WJFFRadio.org. It's now time for the local edition. This is Radio Catskill. Hello, 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 and welcome to the local edition, news and information to keep you connected in the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania. It's Friday, so it means I'm your host, Patricia Robayo. In the second half of the show, we'll be talking to Susan McKelvey from the National Fire Protection Association about how to stay safe this Halloween weekend. But first, it's Friday on the local edition, and that means we check in with the Times Union. It's election season, and Philip Pontuso, he's the managing editor for the Times Union, the Hudson Valley Edition. He's going to let us know what's going on with this election. Philip, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me. The election is right around the corner. Before it was days away, weeks away, months away. Now it's just a few days away. Philip, the election news is always changing. Every day is something new. What's the latest from the races that you are covering for the Times Union. Things are really tightening up here as we hit the stretch run with early voting uh, beginning tomorrow. Um, there's a lot of polling about the governor's race and then what uh, what pollsters call the generic congressional ballot, where they ask uh, voters if you know they prefer Republican or Democrat, and then they ask about a series of issues. But a month ago, that generic congressional ballot was about half a point in Democrats' favor. And now, uh, as of about last week, it's about three points in the Republicans' favor. And depending what poll you're looking at, um, Governor Kathy Hochul's lead has shrunk from, you know, 20% uh, back in the spring and early summer to 4 6 
now as a as a Republican challenger, Lee Zeldin keeps hammering hard on on crime and inflation. So um, we've been reporting uh, here at the Times Union on that, and then on three really pivotal um, congressional races here in the Hudson Valley districts 17, 18, and 19, which a lot of pundits see as key to Republicans' hope uh, for flipping the House back in the November midterms. What are the issues that the voters are focusing on? What are the issues that are making the needle move to the left or to the right for this election? A lot of the issues that voters seem to trust Democrats more on over the summer, um, or those were those were more in the news, more top of mind for voters in the summer, um, namely uh, abortion access. This was coming shortly after the Supreme Court decision in Dobbs that overturned Roe v. Wade and gun control. Um, as listeners will surely recall, there was a spate of high profile mass shootings and school shootings uh, earlier this year that kept that issue in the news. Now, however, there are different issues that uh, that are motivating voters and that I think really describe this this tightening in the race. And it's really like a holy trinity of issues for Republicans. One of them is immigration, which isn't as much of a thing that people are focused on up here, although there have been flights of migrants into into the Hudson Valley just a couple of weeks ago. There was there were there were migrants that came up from Texas that landed at Stewart Airport in Orange County that then were distributed to families in, in relations in the Hudson Valley and in New York City. But then the, the two main issues I think are are crime or what we may even more accurately call uh, fear of crime and and inflation, you know, inflation uh, has continued to rise up despite despite federal efforts to, to curb it. And after several months of falling gas prices, gas prices are ticking back up as well. There's widespread concern about energy costs as the weather cools and Democrats are just really uh, or sorry, Republicans are just really hammering the, that message hard. You're saying all the races right now are looking tight and going neck and neck out of the New York congressional 17th, 18th, and 19th, what race do you think is the most tight race going forward? Um, they all, they're all really close right now, but I think the one that illustrates best this change in voter sentiment over the past few weeks is the 17th congressional district, um, which is the sort of northern New York City suburbs in, in Westchester and then kind of the lower Hudson Valley. So a little bit maybe outside of the core listener area for, for Radio Catskill, but one that I think is going to end up serving as a bellwether, our, our favorite word here as we're watching the election. Um, and in that race, you have um, a five-term congressman named Sean Patrick Maloney, uh, who is facing a challenge uh, from a Republican New York State Assemblyman named Mike Lawler. And why I think this race is kind of interesting to dissect is because um, Maloney is one of the more um, kind of vocal and established um, mainstream Democrats in the U.S. House of Representatives. He's the chair of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, which directs uh, how the National Democratic Party spends on congressional races. So it was kind of partly his uh, 
partly his call earlier this year when um, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee spent on at least one uh, MAGA, you know, pro-Trump Republican in the Republican primaries uh, with the idea that they would elevate, uh, that they would, that, that that spending on those Republicans would uh, knock out more centrist Republicans uh, and make it easier for Democrats to win in the mainstream. Maloney, this, you know, this, this race, um, it, or this district is solidly Democratic and Maloney, uh, has been consistently polling, uh, until the last few weeks well up in, in the district. Uh, but over the past couple of weeks, it has really tightened up as Lawler has really hit the campaign trail hard and focused on, um, quality of life issues and economic issues. And we published a story where we spoke to both candidates and, and crunched some numbers uh, over the weekend. And Mike Lawler's campaign says that he has internal polling that shows that he's up by six points. Um, now, there's still some reason to doubt that, um, you know, the overall accuracy of that. Maloney's campaign told us last weekend that he has internal polling that shows that he's still up. Um, but they declined to share specific specific information about that data. And um, 538, the election prognosticator, still suggests that uh, Maloney is favored to win, although that forecast has really tightened. Um, as we're speaking uh, right now, they have they say that Maloney has about a two and three chance of winning. That's down from about. 90% just about two weeks ago. And the Cook Political Report, which is a well-respected elections forecaster, they moved this race from a lean Democratic category to a toss-up uh, a couple of weeks ago. And the message that Lawler has really uh, been sticking to Maloney in the past couple of weeks is a clip from a debate uh, several years ago when Maloney was running for attorney general, when he was asked on the debate stage, if he would support um, uh, ending cash bail in New York. And he said, absolutely, that he would make that a priority of his campaign. He's walked that back a little bit now and tried to qualify it. And to be clear, um, the rising uh, crime rates that uh, we saw in 2020 and 2021 especially have not been definitively linked to the ending of cash bail in New York, uh, which Republicans have said somewhat misleadingly. Some of the spikes in crime have happened. That was that was a national trend. Uh, and, and, you know, not every state ended cash bail reform in 2019 like New York did. But um, I, it's a good, I think, reflection of changing voter sentiment that in this like deep blue district, a centrist, well-respected five-term incumbent like Sean Patrick Maloney is really facing a tough challenge and clearly sweating uh, the outcome on November 8th. Yeah, you're right. That is a big talking point for the Republicans this election season is bail reform and the, the effects it has had on crime, whether it's true or not. You know, uh, I, I would like to see the studies uh, either way. Like you make a great point that the trend for crime is up nationally and many states have not enacted a bail reform program like we have here. Philip, do you know of any studies that are currently going on that is exploring just that, the effect of bail reform on crime? Yeah, there's no, I, I'm not aware of any study that has definitively linked or definitive, definitively proven that the rising crime is not linked to this cash bail reform. But 
you know, that's trying to sort of prove a negative. So that's hard to say. Um, what, what, what I can say um, confidently is that there's, there's nothing out there that shows that rising crime rates are linked to cash bail reform. And the way that Republicans talk about it is as if every violent criminal is now being let back out on the street when judges still have wide berth and discretion about how they set how they how they set this reform. And we've done a lot of reporting about that. Um, I'd recommend uh, listeners look up some of the reporting on cash bail reform by Joshua Solomon here at the Times Union. He's done a number of articles trying to demystify some of the some of the talking points out there. Um, and he's he's the best source on that in my book. Philip, thank you so much for joining us on the local edition again. Philip, before we go, is there anything else I have not touched on that you want all the students to know about this election season? Um, we're full steam ahead on the election. We, the Times Union, uh, just last week published a very comprehensive voter guide that breaks down most of the state races and a lot of the local ones as well. Um, we'll have a lot more stories coming out to now and the election. And then, of course, we'll be up late on November 8th, covering the results as they come in. Definitely. There's a lot going on this election season. We were talking to the managing editor for the Hudson Valley Times Union, Philip Pantu. So, Philip, thank you so much for joining us on the local edition. And we'll talk to you again next Friday. Thanks for having me. We'll be right back. We'll talk to Susan McKelvey from the National Fire Protection Association about how to stay safe this Halloween weekend. You're listening to the local edition during our Four Favorites Fun Drive. Don't forget to call in at 845-482-4141 or donate online at WJFFRadio.org. My name is Hetty Schneller, Illumia Skincare, and I am an incredible total fan of WJFF Radio. It provides me hours and hours of happiness. I love the morning programming, the midweek afternoon shows. I'm a huge fan of jazz, so whenever that's on, I'm listening. Without community support, public radio cannot exist. Go to WJFFradio.org and click Donate Now. Financial support is extremely important. You know, a lot of us say if you're home, the radio's on and the radio's tuned to WJFF. And sometimes even if you're not home, you know, leave it on for the dogs, you know. <laughs> Keep them uh, informed um, with with. Non fake news. There, there is a testimony. There is somebody that gave us that testimony. Say like, oh, we have it on all the time, even when we're not there for the dogs. Yeah. Um, if this is a community resource that you depend on, then please help us out with keeping it financially viable. Give us a call or uh, go online. And the phone number here is eight four five four eight two four one four one, and we'd love to talk to you. Or you can um, just get online and do a donation uh, through the website. That's wjffradio.org. WJFFradio.org, WJFFradio.org. Click donate now and you will see the fundraising page. You scroll down. You can search for any program we have on air it has its own little fundraising page. All the funds go to the station that makes it possible for you to hear those programs. But this is a way for us to uh, see who's liking what program and you, it's a way for you to show us that you really do like a program like the local edition. And so I, I get to say, Hey, I want I go, go make a donation for the local edition. It's not just hosted by me on, on Fridays as you yeah, hear. Yeah, we've got here. a great, great program tonight Patricia from Patricia. Yeah. yeah. 
So thank you, Patricio, for, uh, as always, doing this great program, but uh, for letting us interrupt you for a moment as we ask people to donate. And there's nothing better than the Friday night music lineup on, yes. on WJFF. So that's coming up shortly. Um, we've got uh, a lot of program programming um, coming up tomorrow over the course of the weekend. We've got our, our um, community um, public affairs programs uh, line up on, on Saturdays and uh, then music in the afternoon. Uh, we also have a, an open house going on this weekend, so please stop by. Uh, we'd love to have you come through and see what the station looks like and uh, and meet us and, and talk to us about your thoughts for the station, what you'd like to hear more of, what you're enjoying, um, but let us know. Or give us a call tonight and we can talk about it too, 845-482-4141. If for some reason you call and we miss the call, it's a little tricky here sometimes getting uh, all the calls that come in as they call in. If you don't mind, just try calling again. Uh, but we are here this evening. We're waiting to hear from you. 845-482-4141, WJFFradio.org. Click Donate Now. This is uh, Radio Catskill, and let's go back to the local edition. You're on Radio Catskill. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight for my monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly to my surprise he did the match he did the monster match the monster match it was a graveyard smash he did the match. hello welcome back to the local edition news and information to keep you connected in the catskills and northeast pennsylvania it's that spooky time of the year where kids and adults get to dress up meet up with trunk or treats, Halloween parades, or just going around the neighborhood to collect treats. While we all want to have that fun, we have to keep fire safety in mind, from costumes to how we decorate our living space. Here to tell us more on how to keep safe this Halloween weekend, Susan McKelvey, the communications manager for the National Fire Protection Association. Hi, Susan. Welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, this weekend, there's so many events are happening for children and for adults. Things seem to be getting back to normal. So you're out there trick-or-treating or maybe planning a Halloween party. What ways can we be fire safe? Sure. So there's a lot of tips people can take um, around their homes when they're decorating and when they're out trick-or-treating. Um, so the good news is that, yes, there might be some fire hazards that happen in around the holidays when we're celebrating, how we celebrate but you can take a lot of uh, precautions that can really minimize the risk of fires um, on and around Halloween. Of course, one of the first things you want to do is if you're decorating in advance of the holiday, make sure that um, you keep things that can burn. You know, lots of decorations like corn stalks or crepe paper, dry flowers are all very flammable. So you want to make sure that these decorations are well away from any kind of heat source or open flame like candles or light bulbs. Um, and then in terms of uh, kids themselves and wearing costumes, you want to make sure that the costumes um, don't have long 
spilling flowy tails or sleeves that could come easily in contact with candles or other items that can burn. Those are just a couple of examples of ways you can greatly reduce your risk of um, having such a fun time of year, you know, turn into something serious or even tragic. Yeah, the statistic that I read before our interview from the National Fire Protection Association that an average of 770 homes have structure fires that began with decorations. This report comes from uh, with the years 2014 and 2019. And one of those things that I found alarming that could be dangerous is jack-o'-lanterns. It's a very popular thing, obviously, during Halloween, but it could become end up being dangerous. How so? Sure. So, you know, a lot of people when you do um, your carvings and then you want to put lighting in it so they they look so pretty um, in the evening when, you know, you have that kind of lighting from your pumpkins. And a lot of times people take those jack-o'-lanterns and put them along steps um, when kids are walking up and down or maybe you have guests in and out of your home for a kind of Halloween party. But you really want to be so careful around um, jack-o'-lanterns because that's a, a, a flame that could easily come in contact, you know, particularly with kids and costumes, um, but also anything else that can burn, decorations that might be around. Our strongest recommendation is you can use battery-operated candles to light a jack-o'-lantern. Instead, they're just as effective. They look so much like candles, but it eliminates the risk of fire. Um, so if you are going to use um, real candles in jack-o'-lanterns, you want to make sure they're well away from any place that um, kids or anyone, you know, adults too, could come in contact with them. You don't want to keep them on steps where someone could, you know, um, kick them or knock them over. Um, make sure that they're out of reach and sight of everybody. Really great tips to have. And for those adults who might be uh, wanting to host a Halloween party, uh, you know, I'm just reading the the report from the National Fire Protection Association. You know, one of those things is to not block an exit, not put decorations on an exit like spiderwebs or some kind of other Halloween theme uh, decoration on a fire exit. Uh, Susan, can you tell us more of how can the adults stay safe if they were like to, pl- to plan a uh, Halloween party? Sure. So again, you know, if a lot of times people, you know, candles have that great glow and they look so pretty. But if you are going to use real candles, first of all, you want to make sure that they're on sturdy surfaces um, that can't be easily knocked over or tipped over. You want to make sure they're well away from um, the reach of children or even pets that might be in the home. And you have to monitor them really carefully. You can't leave candles unattended. So you want to make sure that if you do leave the room or when the party is over, obviously, you want to make sure that all those candles are blown out. Those are some really basic but critical ways that you can reduce the risk of um, having uh, a candle fire. All great tips for keeping safe this Halloween. And to be honest with you, I'd never thought of Halloween being a fire hazard holiday. I mostly think of that like uh, like Christmas or Hanukkah being more of a holiday that's prone to fires because of the decorations. But you're right. All these things that the traditions that you have in Halloween, like jack-o'-lantern or having candles in the windows or anything like that. So it's always, you know, fantastic tips to keep safe this Halloween season. Uh, Susan, before we go, is there anything else I have not touched on that you want our listeners to know about this spooky season? Um, I think one of the most important things for people to remember is that um, 
by just being aware of some of these uh, potential hazards exist and taking some really simple steps, you can greatly reduce the risk of having a fire. So just to understand when and where there might be potential hazards um, in your home or, you know, around decorating, costumes um, you or your kids might be wearing, and then just make those added adjustments so that you can really ensure that everyone can enjoy the holiday with fire safety in mind and you can avoid the risk of having you know anything happen yes again these are great halloween fire safety tips uh, like using a battery operated candle or glow stick in a jack-o-lantern uh, choosing costumes stay away from long trailing fabrics dried flowers cornstalk crepe paper to catch fire easily keep those away from decorations teach your children to stay away from open flames and remember to keep exits clear of decorations Susan, is there anywhere folks can go to online they can see all these great tips? There is. NFPA has a wealth of information and resources for uh, people, uh, lots of tip sheets and other um, uh, checklists that people can use. It's all at nfpa.org. And if you click on our public education tab, um, you'll find access to all those uh, resources. We were talking to Susan McKelvey. Communications Manager for the National Fire Protection Association, letting us know how we can stay safe this Halloween season. Susan, thank you so much for joining us on the local edition and letting us know all the great Halloween fire safety tips. Absolutely. Have a good one. for the local edition thank you so much for taking your friday evening and listening to the local edition thank you to my first guest for this evening philip pantuso managing editor for the hilton valley edition of the times union talking about the election news and we were just talking to susan mccovey about halloween and how to stay safe we'll be back on monday be talking to the Deputy Planning Commissioner, Heather Brown, about her role and priorities as the chair of the New York Association of Counties Climate Action Committee. And then we'll be checking in with Joseph Abraham, from the Sullivan County Democrat. If you ever miss a show, guess what? We have a podcast. You'll find us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Google, Apple, Stitcher. Search for WJFF, the local edition. Subscribe, share it, tell your friends. Find us on social media. We're at WJFF Radio Catskill. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We post every day, Monday through Friday. And who's on the show? You can visit our website, wjffradio.org slash the local edition. I'll give you that one more time. wjffradio.org slash the local edition. You can find upcoming guests, see past guests. You can even listen to the show. You've been listening to the local edition. I'm your host, Patricia Rubio. Have a good night, Lucy. Everyone have a safe and safe Halloween weekend. This is Radio Catskill, your NPR station, WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. Don't forget the Fall Favorites Fun Drive is happening now. Call to donate, 845-482-4141, or donate online at WJFFRadio.org. If you support local journalism... And if you support the local edition, then think about making a donation. Because your donation helps programs like this keep on happening. Stay safe, everyone. Happy Halloween.
all on Cheney walking with the Queen Doing the werewolves of London I saw Lon Cheney Jr. walking with the Queen Doing the werewolves of London I saw a werewolf drinking a pina colada at Trader Vic's 845-482-4141, 845-482-4141. Call now to give what you can, because it's our fall favorites fun drive, because we are now standing on this uh, point of demarcation that separates the news from the music, because we're transitioning, as we do every Friday evening at this time, from our amazing news lineup with All Things Considered, giving us national news, local edition, giving us local news, on a Friday night, now we're getting ready for our amazing music lineup. And tonight we've got Cassie Carlson in the studio for two hours of Rare Pair Radio, filling in for the mixtape with Jason Tugat. Cassie, welcome back. Hey, what's going on, Jason? I'm so happy to be here. Welcome back for the first time, I guess. This is your first time here, right? Yeah, I like. I really haven't really been in the studio yet. I actually got lost in the way here. I was like, wait, where is the studio again? Um, but yeah, it's so cool to be here. This is like such an awesome studio. It's got all these nice computers and a nice board and really comfy chairs good i'm glad you like the chair yeah that's good so unfortunately it costs us it does it does it does (laughs) and that's why i'm here tonight i'm here in house to help raise money for the wjff fall fun drive so we'll get started with rare pair radio in just a moment we got a couple other things to do first um, but before we do them i will let you know the the news that we have here and i'll let cassie know as well um, is we have been challenged. Thank you to Larry and Napanok who called in last week and, and said they, they wanted to challenge us to raise $250 during Rare Pair Radio. What? Really? Yeah. That's awesome. So who is Larry? Larry's, Larry's a dedicated listener out in Napanok way. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I've ever met him, but I'd I like to. Yeah, I don't know if you met him, but he's, he's heard your show. In fact, he really? wanted, I think he wanted to do this. Uh, during the summer, and we weren't able to coordinate necessarily on the challenge. Oh, uh, so, that's awesome. so he, he, he was ready to do it again. 